Hello and welcome to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society, a podcast created to share and celebrate best practice, help others to improve and learn more about the amazing career opportunities within social care. In this episode, colleagues from Nightingale Hammerson reflect on their recent CQC inspection, which resulted in an outstanding rating. Zoe is joined by Clemens, who's the registered manager, Karen, who's the dietitian, and Danai, who's the night manager and nurse practitioner. This afternoon, I'd like to welcome the team from Nightingale Hammerson um, to this episode of Care Insights with the Outstanding Society. Clements, can I start by asking you to introduce yourself and telling me a bit, bit about your role, please? Okay. Yes, my name is Clemens Mchenga Kuyo. I am the registered manager for Nightingale House, which is the group of Nightingale Hammerson. Um, I I've been in this position as registered manager as of um, uh, last year, 2022, but I've been in Nightingale for uh, a number of years, coming to 11 years now. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And, and a huge congratulations on, on your recent outstanding um, rating, which, which we'll be discussing in more detail. Karen, could I come across to you, please, and ask you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your role within, within the home? Sure. So my name is Karen Straker, and I am the dietitian for Nightingale Hammerson. I've been in the post for about three and a half years now, and I suppose I would describe my role as being the person who's responsible for making sure our residents' nutrition hydration status is the best it can be to ensure that they've got the best quality of life that they can have, given that a large percentage of our residents are quite old. Um, many of them are frail. Um, for many of them, there may be troubles with eating and drinking as a result of their age or as a result of conditions like living with dementia. Yeah, so my role is to make sure that they can eat and drink as well as what they can to ensure the best quality of life for them. Fantastic. Thank you, Karen. And Danai, can I, can I ask you to introduce yourself and a bit about your role, please? Of course. Hi, my name is Danai Christina Vazura. I have actually a dual role in Nightingale. Um, a few days a week, I'm working as a night manager. And, and, and the rest of the week, I'm working as a nurse practitioner in the care home. Um, I've been with Nightingale for the past seven and a half years, um, three of which are as a nurse practitioner, the rest as a nurse. Um, and my goal is to provide excellent um, care to our residents, personalized for them, trying to avoid as much as possible um, hospital admissions and looking after them uh, here in Nightingale. And actually, my role is very unique because I am the only one in the country that uh, works in a GP practice attached to a care home. There is no other one. So it's a very unique position that I'm in and I'm very grateful. Fantastic. Th thank you very much. And, and, and again, congratulations. So you've received outstanding, caring, responsive and well-led. And I'm sure a lot of well-led as well is, is about the different roles that you've got within the organisation. I don't know if I can come back to you, Karen, to say 
what can you tell me about your role and, and what the home does as a team, most probably, with a dietitian involved that maybe led you to outstanding? So I think, you know, once again, like Nai said, we're in a kind of a unique position with myself as far as we know, we're the only care home with a full-time dietitian. And I think that's what, what that has allowed us to do is to be able to be more proactive and to be able to react faster when, when things aren't going as well as what they should be doing. So most care homes would need to rely on community support, which, which you know, can be brilliant and outstanding, but sometimes can be quite difficult to get hold of and, and may take a period of time to get that intervention. Whereas being within the home and given the fact that we use an electronic care record system, I have access at my fingertips to residents' weight, their malnutrition screening tool score, um, what they're eating and drinking, as well as, as care records and medical records. And we're very blessed to work as part of a multidisciplinary team. So I've got the likes of Denai, who I can refer to. I've got GPs at my fingertips. I'm part of a wider therapy team, including the moving handling advisor, occupational therapist, physiotherapist. So, and we've got a, um, a pharmacy technician. So what we were able to do is really, we get to know our residents really well, which allows us, I think, to pick up changes that are happening with the residents quite quickly. And then working together as a multidisciplinary team, we're able to put interventions into place quite quickly. So for instance, if I am picking up that a resident is um, not eating or drinking that well, together with the occupational therapist, we would be able to sit and observe that resident at a mealtime and actually come up with recommendations for the team to, to implement. If we need something like um, a dietary supplement to be prescribed, then I'm able to, because I'm here, most of the time I can supply something on the day or within a day or two for the resident to try. And then I've got direct access to either deny or one of the GPs to prescribe that for me. So it's a much smoother, quicker process, which, as I say, allows us to react quickly and prevents any delay. And then I think um, care homes, you know, when they refer to external services, they can only refer residents who, who fulfill certain criteria. And it's quite often when that resident has already um, declined quite considerably. So we really do try to, to be more proactive and to, to, to pick up on the problem sooner rather than later, because it's far easier to help a resident if they're at the beginning stages of a poor appetite, losing weight, than to come in when someone's maybe already lost five kilograms or 10 kilograms, and it, it makes it far more difficult. So I think that has helped us um, to, to attain that outstanding, yes. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Karen. And and if I can come back to you, Clements, um, again, congratulations. Um, becoming a manager just last year after 11 years of, of being within the organisation, which I think is wonderful. As a leader, how do you bring the team together? There's been lots of different roles mentioned, occupational therapists. Obviously, you, you've got um, your nurse practitioner, your dietitian. How do you bring all that together to ensure continuity of care with your residents and actually how do you involve the residents and their families too communication is quite key for running an organization such as uh, nightingale hammerson we have different organizations different um 
uh, team members, different departments that we bring together in terms of ensuring that we we are effective in everyday uh, dealings. So to come to your part of the question where you say, how do you bring everybody together? We, it's all centered again on having clear uh, information, clear communication. So we have um, regular meetings. So I'll tell you for every day, Monday to Friday, we have what we call a 10 at 10 meeting, which is for 10 minutes, but for all departments are represented. And there we share issues that, I, that might be cropping up, that updates that are coming up. It reduces the amount of emails that can go throughout the day, but it also helps to make sure that we are effective. We are supporting anyone in need of any um, support, each department that might, it might be housekeeping, it might be catering, it might be uh, anything, we might be having a new admission. So everybody knows that this is what's going on. So as soon as we start 10 o'clock by the rest of the day, people would know that there is this that's happening. So for me, that's quite really important. We also do have um, a heads of departments meeting. This obviously that kind of really we capture in detail. Uh, each head of department can now dwell into uh, 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 updates or information that would help us to see where we are, if there are any risks that are that needs to be addressed where, for example, there might be a complaint or there might be um, a, a creative idea that's coming up or there may be something that's going on. So this touches from every department. Like I mentioned earlier, it could be from maintenance. They say, oh, we have a room that needs to be painted because someone has left. So we see, okay, what do we have? What do we need? How much time do we have? What can we, how can we support? So that kind of links everybody together and it makes it much more easier. You know your day is running smoothly because you've communicated with everybody. And also, if someone is going on leave, you would know, okay, this department, the head of department is on leave. How can we support that department as well? Fantastic. I, th I think that's wonderful. And you, you can see why you've got outstanding and well-led. Thank you very much, Clements. Obviously, you've had an inspection quite recently. How do yes. you prepare your team for that inspection? <laughs> that's quite um, interesting. So what we do as an organization is we take each day that we are at work as an inspection day. So we drill our teams that any day could be an inspection. So what it means is that it makes it easier for um, mental preparation for all our teams. They know that you walk in, it could be an inspection day. And for those who've been here longer, uh, Nightingale who saw the, first, the other inspection, they know that obviously CQC can turn up anytime. So having that in mind, drilled from the care team, from the housekeeping, from the maintenance team, knowing that every day. So it makes that whatever they are doing, they are evidencing what they are doing. They know where to, 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 uh, to locate um, if anything that might be needed by um, CQC. We also do some random um, kind of go, going through over the Chloe's, you know, how CQC inspects. It makes it for easier for even newer uh, how, um, team members to understand and to know and have questions if they have to ask questions. Oh, so what do I feel? So that way you take away the anxiety that people say, oh, we're being ins inspected, that they, they will take it naturally. So each department um, 
is prepared, if they have allocated, for example, uh, audits that they have to do, we have that centrally um, stored or managed somewhere so that everyone can access that. So if, for example, if say environmental audits, we know that this is kind of really on this day and this is where it's, 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 it's um, stored or it's kept. Anything that is needed um, is, is available. We also have quite a lot of uh, activities that happen. So we have uh, uh, programs, we call it um, engagement, our engagement team. They send out a program across to everybody to see what's happening. So if someone, either a relative or some comes, oh, what's happening today? Even the residents, the residents they have are on the notice board, they will know, okay, today there's the nursery coming at 11.30 or there's an exercise class on a Tuesday or that's, there's something going up in our activity hub. So we have all this communication that um, helps everybody to be to be aware of what's happening as well um yeah so kind of really that's where where we are in terms of preparing everyone fantastic Th thank you clements and and i think it's brilliant because i think i think there's a there's a lot of um anxiety around when the inspector arrives but actually if, if the whole team in, embrace the inspector and want to showcase what they're doing it makes it such an enjoyable experience if I can come back over to to to, to Danai and 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 ask as a nurse practitioner, um, what what do you look forward to sharing with the inspector? So if the inspector turns up, or were you actually there on the day of inspection? What could you share and showcase about what you do? Um, well, actually, at the last inspection, I wasn't here. Um, however, I've been part um, uh, of the inspection so many times uh, but as a nurse on the floors not um, as a nurse practitioner so actually our um, involvement is before the inspection and not actually during I think the inspectors mostly come in want to see how things are done on a um, household level um, rarely they might have, uh, they might come downstairs and have a chat with us but it's just so quick and so not like unofficial um, but our bulk is the preparation before the inspection so we go around we spot check um, working with the um, pharmacy technician actually we have um, a lot of hands-on um, uh, experience with showing the staff how to deal with medication for example um, and how to store them properly give them a little bit of guidance doing some spot checks but I think the bulk is in the before and not the after or during um, my experience with the inspectors was purely when I was working on the floors before so now I, I really rarely see them <laughs> Fantastic. But I think what you're describing is actually it's the culture within the home, which which is wonderful. And, and thank you for sharing that. If I could come across to you, Karen, and ask the same question, um, you know, what would you want to showcase with the inspector? Were you there on the day of inspection? How, how, how do you feel about it as part of the team? Yeah, as you've probably picked up from my accent, I'm, I'm not British. So um, although I've been a dietitian for 20 plus years, this was my first CQC inspection. And to be honest, I think since the day the PIR had to go in, 
we've all been, you know, waiting with bated breath for, for CQC to arrive. And it's been really nerve wracking. Um, you know, I think I wasn't entirely sure what they would want or expect from me. I'd had a little interaction with CQC for something different at some point in time. So yeah, I was, I was quite nervous actually. Um, and I've been keeping my, my folder with all the information that I thought they might need for months on end and keeping it up to date. Um, but yeah, I was actually here for all three days. They, they were in the building and did have several interactions with them as part of the therapy team. And actually they didn't focus that much on nutrition with me. They were very interested in the role of our therapy team um, and hearing about what, you know, are we working just with group activities or are we working with residents as individuals and asking a little bit about our rehab. You know, we've had some wonderful success stories with, with our physio and OTs being able to successfully rehabilitate residents who were maybe been told in the hospital they weren't suitable for rehabilitation or they may not be able to achieve things again. So we had several interactions with CQC and it was, it was great to be able to showcase to them how, because we know our residents so well, because we're here on a day-to-day -day basis, because we can form genuine relationships with them, that we can have success where, um, where I think it's sometimes difficult if it's an external service coming in who doesn't know the resident who has to work with them once or twice. It's, it's far more difficult to build that bond that you need to, to, um, to be successful. Um, but with regards to dietetic stuff, it was interesting because they didn't actually ask much of me, but certainly the feedback from some of the household managers were they were asked about things. And it was great for me to know that um, for instance, one of the household managers could take the inspector into what we call the servery, the little kitchen where we serve meals from, and they were able to show them our diet list that shows which residents are on texture modified diets, which residents need thickened fluids, which residents are on supplements, what the supplements are, that type of thing. So that made me feel good because at least the hard work to make sure all of that's in place um, is, is followed by the team and understood by the team. And yeah, they were able to showcase to CQC what we do have in place from a nutrition hydration point of view. Fantastic. Th thank you very much, Karen. And, and while we're talking about nutrition and hydration, obviously that, that is imperative in, in practically everything we do for residents. Um, but but Danai, if I can come back to you um, around nutrition and hydration and, and anything else, part of your role is around hospital avoidance, which, as we know, is so important within a care home setting. Can you tell me a bit about that and how your residents benefit from your role in terms of hospital avoidance? So actually, this is really interesting because my uh, dissertation on, uh, on my master's was uh, um, actually how to avoid hospital admissions, unnecessary hospital admissions uh, from our care, care home. And when I did some audits, I found out that a lot of that was because our nurses um, were, were relying so much on the nurse practitioner house or the GP in house, where they were losing a little bit from their own abilities to actually assess. And some of the skills uh, were not really there. So we did a very big campaign over the last two years of doing a lot of training. So we made, um, we came all together 
Um, and me and Clemens, we came up with a lot of, with a list of what skills should our nurses and our seniors and our healthcare system have? How can we um, give them the tools to be better in their abilities without, let's say for a day, I'm not in, how can they be uh, standing without me there? So I think that actually, uh, gave us after I did the audits uh, afterwards six months later I saw that we did a 10% um, reduction in our hostel in an unnecessary hostel admissions for things for simple things like how to catheterize somebody how not to send somebody uh, where they are on palliative care in for palliation um, uh, how to be able to understand that somebody is constipated, which goes together hand in hand with poor hydration and poor intake. So those simple things uh, who somebody say, yeah, I'm constipated, that is very simple to manage. Why were we missing these things? So we made this huge training uh, across every single um, uh, staff member. So we didn't only uh, train the nurses, but we also train care staff, let's say for small things like how to do injections, how to understand ill health, how to communicate with 999 services, which is very important. So we found out that 10% is actually a big number for our small number of residents that we have. So if we can implement this, I think if other care homes were to actually look into it, then they will they will find out that this is applicable to other care homes as well. So I think that was a small success for for me particularly. <laughs> Fantastic! Thank thank you for sharing. I think it's an absolutely amazing success. Ten percent reduction. I think it is is wonderful, and I think I. I love what you've identified. So, so outstanding providers are always identifying and looking for ways to improve um, because nobody can be perfect and everybody is learning. So, so you've done that. You've shown the gaps in, in confidence and gaps in maybe training and you've addressed it, which, which is wonderful. And, and thank you for sharing. I think that's perfect. If I could come back to you now, please, Clements. Obviously, there's so much fantastic work um, going on within the home and lots of different ideas. But the use of technology, I think, at, at Nightingale Hammerson is very important as well. Can you tell me a bit about that? OK, with uh, technology, I'll probably just step back to pre-pandemic. Um, we were kind of required laid back using a lot of paper based I think the pandemic opened an accelerated pathway to use of technology, both which is quite beneficial for our residents and our team members. We were using a lot of folders. And I remember even in the last um, uh, inspection, we had a room set full of files of evidence, but now we are now using it, um, the uh, digital care records, which is easier and quite very effective in getting uh, evidence presentable. In terms of getting it together with how do we benefit, uh, how, do, how do our residents benefit from the use of technology? I've seen residents uh, sitting um, and going to Skype, video calling their families, something that we also through the pandemic that we knew that there is a need here to prevent loneliness from our residents, isolation, because 
relatives are not allowed to come in at some point. We still, even without the pandemic, we have relatives who live across the world. We have uh, families from Israel, families in New Zealand, or different parts of Europe. So for them to be involved and to actually see, uh, we bought um, sets of iPads that we get for each household. So these are general iPads that can be used by any resident. It doesn't matter they are cognitively impaired. A team member can be there to support. We just do arrangement with the family. I'm going to call my mom at 3.30. Can someone be with my mom? They're in their room somewhere in a quiet. They see, you could, you can see that a resident is actually enjoying and seeing that their loved one or their daughter or their son is on, on there. So it's something that we felt is really important. That's quite good, uh, beneficial for our residents. We also have a uh, free Wi-Fi. So that's people can kind of read residents and the passwords are just there for them. They can easily log in for residents, especially in the residential households where they may be able to get smartphones and do things by themselves. It was also quite amazing. Sometimes I saw, I was talking to a resident who I said, oh, what are you doing? They were on their uh, laptop and said, I'm just uh, uh, playing bridge online. For us, that's quite amazing. You know, you have that, you feel that someone is not isolated. They're engaging with the world, you know. So it's something to be kind of really feel very proud of to have uh, people use that. I have people, um, um, relatives actually scheduling to say every Thursday on this, I want my mom to be in this, or I want them to be watching Wimbledon or so we have those, we have also changed our televisions for everywhere to be uh, smart televisions where they can stream um, things on online. We have um, musicals, uh, everything so they can see things that they like with team members supporting. So technology has brought in a myriad around of um, uh, benefits, both for team members and for, uh, for residents. For our team members, it's that the amount of time that is cut for them before you would use a chunk, maybe 6% or 10% of their time documenting, writing things, trying to photocopy things and scan things. Now they are using that time that was lost to be with the resident, to sit down with somebody, to engage, have that meaningful engagement with somebody without being worrying, or oh, I need time to be sitting down and writing what happened. They We use... Um, a digital uh, uh, records uh, record keeping as well. So, if a uh, someone from the uh, engagement team, uh, which some place they call them activities coordinators, but we call them engagement, so they might be engaging someone doing pottery. They can either take a photo there, enter the record straight away on the mobile device that each person has, share that with the family. So within a short time of moment, someone who is in New Zealand will see that, oh, my mom has been doing pottery today, and this is what they've been doing. So technology has actually really brought um, a life much more easier. But also on the, on the side of compliance, it helps us in terms of auditing. You don't have to go through the paper records of auditing. They can, uh, it can audit things for us in terms of falls, in terms of medication errors, anything that we might pick. That's all brought in one in one thing. One thing also that's quite really important to mention is how do we get such big care home? How do we get that every resident enjoys or benefits with that? We are so lucky and privileged to have volunteers. We have a team of volunteers we call the digital team. These are retired people who worked in the either in IT or they are quite keen on teaching 
our older generation how to use an iPad, how to use a smartphone, how to even to use a, a laptop. We've got a lady who is in our residential household who is 102. She still got her laptop. She, sometimes we're talking, about, oh, I was just going, uh, emailing my grand grandchildren somewhere who is there. So for me, that's something that's so incredible. That is something that you feel proud of, something that is connecting. Someone who is 102, they're sitting on their laptop, they're emailing or they're doing a video call. So it's quite really um, uh, important. I think I can see Karen smiling. She knows the person. So it's quite really, for me, that's important. Technology has revolutionized. There is not that gap of that um, older people, they have kind of really lost that, that bus is gone. No, the bus is right here. They can actually enjoy the, the use of uh, uh, the benefits of technology as well. Fantastic. I, th I, th I think that's wonderful. And um, having that digital team of volunteers, that's absolutely amazing. And I think you've given some great examples of, of technology, not just for care planning, but, but for the residents using it in their day-to-day -day lives as well. And also, I've obviously read your, your inspection report, and it's such a wonderful read. But actually, um, the CQC recognise how well you use technology within your home. So, so thank you for, for sharing that. And and you actually said you said that that you saw Karen smiling and it, it's so lovely to hear how it has an impact on the residents. I was going to ask what it means to the wider community, whether that's residents, relatives and, and also people in the community who have links to the home. Karen, can you tell me a bit about how that might have an impact on, on the wider community? I, I think you know COVID was a was a unique experience. It's something none of us have ever experienced before. And I think whereas a lot of care homes potentially felt extremely isolated, I think due to the fact that we had technology in place and we rapidly put a whole lot of technology into place, it really allowed us to be able to reach out, whether it be to family members or to to other professionals. I know at one stage, um, for instance, the community speech and language therapy team were doing assessments um, by use of a tablet when they weren't able to come in. So it really has allowed us to try and continue to, to live for our residents, I suppose, to live as normally as they could within the heights of COVID and, and has certainly um, allowed them, you know, to strengthen those relationships with, with fa family members who, who aren't close by. Um, something like our multidisciplinary team meetings where we have the GP involved and um, myself, um, engagement leads, potentially pharmacy technician, family members, we could continue doing that throughout COVID and actually now it's far easier to facilitate. So, so we have them at all sorts of times of the day to facilitate. Um, we usually have them sort of 11 or 12 o'clock, sometimes two o'clock, but we did one at nine o'clock in the morning the other day for a family member in New Zealand. We do them later afternoon for family members who are in the States. So it really has allowed, I think, people to be a lot more involved in what's going on and has allowed us to access services that would maybe otherwise not have been accessible. Fantastic. Thank you, Karen. And can, can I finish by asking you, Karen, um, what bit of advice would you give to colleagues across social care in terms of planning for the day of inspection? I think, like Clement said, it's important that 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 every day you you're thinking of an inspection day. I think you know you don't want to be um, kind of person or the home that only polishes themselves up. You know, polish the trophies when we know people are coming to inspect. 
I think it's important for us to offer the absolute best that we can every single day for our residents. You know, we, we are working in their home and they are not living in our workplace. Every resident's an individual and every resident deserves absolutely the best quality of life possible. And that's what we're here for. So we should be striving every single day to deliver the absolute best. And I think if, you, if you're doing that, that's all that can be asked of you really. And hopefully when it comes to inspection time, then we've, we've ticked all the boxes. Um, yeah, so I don't think, you know, yes, there may be certain things that you've got to make sure you've got in place, but really if you're doing what you should be doing on a day-to-day -day basis, then you should be absolutely fine when the inspection comes along. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Karen. And Danai, if I can come to you, what would be one thing that you're most proud of um, within your role that you could celebrate as part of receiving an outstanding? I, I actually think that, as I said before, the trainings um, was the absolute best because I actually saw um, myself creating small leaders that now have evolved to full on can um, take the day as it comes. I am so proud of them because now they don't even need me uh, for a lot of those things that they can actually manage themselves. And I'm so proud that I can see this uh, as an extension of myself and of my teaching. So I think that this is what um, makes me smile and and uh, and make me happy uh, for 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 that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And Clements, if I can come to you finally, if there was one bit of advice you would give another provider on the road to outstanding, what would that be? OK, to take on that, I will start by just telling you what happened on the day of uh, inspection. I was on my way to a conference with the uh, chief nursing officer uh, in central London. I decided to come through work because it was in London. So I just thought, OK, I'll stop by work just to do the things, then I leave. When I was just kind of preparing to leave, then I got the reception to call that we have some unannounced visitors from CQC. There's little nothing you can bring together there at the time. But I was so proud that at the reception, at the reception area, we have our different certificates of awards that we have won. For example, the Platinum in um, Quality Award, the highest that you can get from Gold Standards Framework, end of, end of life, what we do. Danai kind of really probably didn't touch on that end of life is a key thing that we are quite recognized and we've got the highest award. We also have a um, certificate of endorsement from Skills for Care that we are a provider for Skills for Care does some teaching uh, and supporting and work that we do. We have also um, awards there for um, nursing, uh, nursing times, uh, workforce awards. We have uh, investor in people awards and also the work of the intergenerational that we do. So having that for, for me from as soon as they walk in, they start seeing the evidence. So it is about building the evidence that you do. Care homes do quite a lot of good work, but if you don't evidence that in preparation for that, you might lose sight when they actually walk in and ask. So you have that as you built in. Yes, in terms of quality assurance, you would need to have your audit rates ready. We use our uh, the KPI system, which is the key performance indicators. We always have that in quarterly meetings and we, we keep the evidence as well. So being creative is important, but also building on the evidence. You don't want to 
be stagnant. You need to be keeping on looking of what else can you do? Involve your relatives, your key stakeholders, local authorities, volunteers, find ways of getting people to work together things that will benefit your residents, but the wider community as well. People will start learning from you. So for me, I think that's a, a way that I can just keep across there to uh, aspiring people to be uh, outstanding. You can do it, it's possible. You just do, do the things that you do, keep on doing. Fantastic, thank you so much. That, that, that was lovely final words. I'd like to thank Danai, Karen and Clements for, for a great podcast this afternoon. Um, and congratulations again on your outstanding rating. The Outstanding Society is a community interest company. It's free to join and is open to everyone. You don't need to have an outstanding rating to be a member.